Welcome to episode 45 of the Mile 62 podcast. I'm your host, Richard Elkins, coming to you from Austin, Texas. We've had a few rainy days here in Austin. Uh, had a busy weekend, which I'll get to in the second part of my podcast. Um, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, starting to run more. Uh, just trying to really cut weight and get ready for uh, Habanero, which is in uh, August. Um, today's topic is, is, uh, unusual one because often, uh, not very often people get hurt in ultras. And, uh, you remember last month, um, we had Ted, which died from a heart attack at, um, a race at Seven IO Ranch. <clears throat> that was quite unfortunate. But in China this weekend, we had 21 runners die at the Yellow River Forest 100K which is in Gansu province. Um, like I said before, um, um, previous podcast, I lived in China for 10 years, so I'm very, f- it's kind of like a second home. I, I have a house in China and uh, worked there off and on uh, for 10 years. And uh, all my jobs in the last 20 years have been China related, you know, procurement related. And uh, so I know China well, and know the culture well, and uh, it's really unfortunate. Uh, the Gansu province is in far north China. Um, if you imagine where, if you if you kind of put picture in your mind where Beijing is, it's off to the west of Beijing, north, central China, just south of Mongolia. You know, Mongolia is right between... Um, is right on the northern border of, of uh, China and Russia, so it's pretty far north. If you if you if you take a uh, a uh, longitude across, I think it'd be like southern Canada. <clears throat> so that's the kind of climate they have. I once went skiing in far north China in an area called Harbin, and uh, it was so cold. This was in December. It was so cold that it was minus thirty five uh, Celsius. And so it can get really cold up there. You know, you've heard stories about Siberia. But, you know, being uh, May, you would think it'd be a little bit warmer. But, you know, as I said before, and uh, it's happened in the U.S. before, you know, in desert races, you know, most hypothermia cases actually happen during warm months, not during the winter time. And the reason is, is because storms can quickly come in and people are not prepared. Um but give a little bit of background about this race. It took place on Saturday. And a uh, little bit of disclosure, my, my sources for this story are I Run Far, the website, and uh, also Global Times, which is a Chinese newspaper, and also Sina, which is one of the big, uh, like um, Sina Weibo, which is a big um, social network in China. There's a lot of uh, stories on there about this. And then also South China Morning News, which is a, has a website version too. So a couple of different sources. Well, this, just a little bit of back, a high level background about this race. This race takes care, uh, takes place in, in, uh, in the far north China in this a tourist area called Yellow River Stone Forest. It's a mountainous area, but also has a very exposed area. Um, you know, just typical trail race. Um, 
I think the high point uh, was about 3,000 meters. So these are just big hills. So 3,000 meters, um, that's about, uh, I'm sorry, not 3,000 meters, 1,000 meters. So it's about three, 4,000 feet in most areas, but very rocky terrain. And uh, took place on this past Saturday, but just the, a lot of the details are just now coming in. Um, so what happened was uh, the race got started and actually had part of the, Part of the race had gotten, uh, it got shortened a little bit, I think, as what one report said. But anyways, they went ahead with the race. They knew the weather might not be too good. And uh, a large storm hit the race. And uh, they had rain, hail, and extreme winds. And temperatures down near freezing. And uh, the wind was blowing so hard it was difficult to stand. And uh, then multiple racers went missing from the course. And then some of the racers were putting out messages on social media that they needed help and uh, the Chinese government sent in 1200 people to help uh, find the runners and rescue them because this is a remote area this is a remote tourist area um, so of the 172 runners uh, 21 passed away it's just terrible my condolences out to the family families so this is the worst tragedy that's ever hit ultra running and most of the, what, we've, what we're hearing is that uh, suffer, uh, runners suffered from hypothermia, um, is, is what the what cause of death was. Uh, same, some famous runners uh, like uh, Jing Liang, which uh, he's gotten top 10 in UTMB and also won the Hong Kong 100K three times and some other uh, famous runners. What we do know is the mandatory kit um, that they were supposed to carry other than just the normal stuff, you know, they had to have a GPX file, GPS tracker, headlamp, water container with a one liter capacity, and a whistle, a space blanket, and a cell phone. That's what was required. What the race director recommended they carry was uh, electrolytes, uh, sun hat, sunglasses, petroleum jelly for chafing. That's interesting. I've never heard of race require you to carry something for chafing, but I highly recommend it. They had to carry a buff, trekking poles, jacket, and first aid kit. So jacket, first aid kit, trekking poles, recommended, not required. And as we know, elites, they, most elite runners, especially in 100K, are never, gonna, never even gonna see the dark. They're gonna finish in a, in a real difficult a real difficult race, nine, 10 hours. Well, this storm hit in the, in the afternoon time and it's been said in these sources that they were all wearing shorts because they didn't expect the weather to be this, this bad. So I would expect the elites not to be carrying a coat or a jacket, you know, like a windbreaker jacket. So I think they were very, very exposed. Um, here's another runner's account. This The source for this is a Cena which I mentioned earlier is a, um, is a, um, it's like Facebook in China. And, uh, they said the weather was so cool was at the start of the race. The weather was cool some noticeable wind, but it was not too big of a problem. So they got started early in the morning, but around 1 PM, the severe weather arrived, you know, hell, wind, rain, 
Temperatures dropped near uh, freezing, and that lasted for four hours. That was about, they're saying 21 uh, kilometers into the race, so that's about, in miles, it's about 12, 13 miles into the race. And when they got hit, um, the lead pack was climbing over a 1,000-meter uh, rugged terrain where you had to use your hands at time to climb. So it was very rocky, kind of like a hard rock course type thing. 1,000 meters, so that's 3,000 feet. It's, pretty, it's not too low. And then you hit bad weather. Um, that, that, that's bad stuff. So some the, the runner says some runners tried to retreat backwards on the course. Uh, including the person that's giving this account. And they took uh, uh, shelter in some points and also a cabin near the course. Um, but many were knocked over and, uh, you know, they had to carry this uh, space blanket. I think a space blanket's kind of that aluminum foil type thing you get at marathons. But they said the wind was uh, so strong that it was ripping the space blankets apart. So that's one account. Another account from one runner his name was Xiao Tao Zhang he this is also from Sina Weibo the uh, Facebook of China he said he was running with the top six men including the the top pro that we know passed away and he thinks he was the only one of the top six men that survived so the lead pack uh, the weather uh, took out the whole lead pack except for this guy and he got in bad, and he had it got so bad and unbearable that he hit the SOS button on his GPS tracker. Then he said he soon passed out. And this is bizarre. He woke up some hours later in a cave where he'd been carried by a local sheep herder. The, sure, the sheep herder had made a fire and wrapped him in a quilt. How bizarre is that? Now that's a story. This local sheep herder saved his life. He passed out, picked him up, took him to a cave. So imagine you're running in a 100K race and then you, you pass out and you wake up in a cave with a campfire. Now would, now, would you think you're hallucinating? I think I would be. Some other, he says some other runners took refuge there. And like I said before, he believes he was the only survivor among the top six men that he'd been running with. Um... Really terrible stuff. Um, uh, another another account where one lady, uh, she was described laying on her stomach for a period of time. Um, she was around the 31K mark. So she was about 18 miles. And that was the only way to protect the wind uh, because she was in an exposed area. She used her phone to put voice messages on social media platforms, like I mentioned before. And... Uh, so eventually, uh, she got up with another pack and started running downhill. And uh, they got to a point where they ran into rescuers and they were able to uh, to help them. But um, really tell terrible terrible stuff. Um, I'm just breezing through my um, my other sources, but that's the main thing. The other thing is, this Chinese government has said that they're going to uh, put in a, a a large investigation the general administration of sport said they're going to investigate the case and the race director has already publicly said that it was his fault he shouldn't have let him go out there but I, i'll translate for you when they say they're going to do an investigation unfortunately that means that 
may, may, they might stop uh, allowing ultra running events in China, which is really un, unfortunate because that's one of the fastest growing areas for ultra running and there are so many cool mountain ranges in China. So I hope they don't do that, but definitely they're gonna crack down on it. So we'll have to see what happens. Okay, in the second part of the podcast today, I'm going to talk about the Possum Revenge 69 miler. I ran that race uh, two years ago, and so this is my first time back out to Possum Kingdom Lake, which is about, I guess it's about an hour and a half west of Fort Worth in a town called Grayford, Texas. Uh, Possum Kingdom Lake is a beautiful lake, very big lake, and the race course runs along one side and a lot of hills and uh sandy some areas so it's pretty diverse terrain and then some rocky sections it goes along one side of the lake then turns around and comes back the other way and you need to run four laps for 69 miles i went out there and i ran one lap with my uh, younger brother sam we call him the ultra trucker he did real well and uh, i enjoyed myself too it was a good workout because i didn't run very much uh, last week so I put in about 16 miles on uh, Saturday, Saturday afternoon. The weather was pretty good. It was kind of uh, cloudy, and the uh, weather was actually just perfect weather. It sprinkled a little bit here and there. It was supposed to rain a lot more, but two years back when I did it, boy, it was just blazing sun all day, and there was about, I don't know, more than a 50% DNF rate. It was a tough race, but I enjoyed it. It was a good workout, and uh, like I said before, I'm working on... Uh, building up my strength and ramping up my running. I've got two months a training block of about, it's a little more than two months, so it's about it's about 10 weeks until Habanero. And, you know, Habanero is in the middle of August. It's 100 degree, 100 miles and 100 degrees, basically. I've done a lot of running out there. I've done some of the smaller Habaneros. I've done the 50K, the 100K, and I've also done Jackalope Jam. So I know that the terrain out there real well. I know the course real well. And I finished 100 miles on this course last year in November, early November, the Jalapeno 100. So know what's I know what I'm getting into, and uh, just add the heat. So I got to cut weight. I really need to cut another 10, 15 pounds. I've gained a little bit during the pandemic, and it's okay for the 100k and and lower. Even though I still need to get some weight cut down, but. 100 miles is a different animal. I've run 100 miler six times. I've finished three times. And I know that the, to get through that last 20, 30 miles, you've got to be in tip-top shape. Um, even if you're hiking part of the, the tail end of it, it's just a really rough race. At least it is on me. So I've got Habanero in August. In October, I've got Arkansas Travelers, which is kind of my A race of the year. That's probably the hardest one of the 300s I've got coming up. And then that's in the Ozarks in Arkansas. So there's a lot more elevation, but cooler. And then in December, I've got Brazos Bend 100. I was signed up for it last year, but it got canceled. So I'm hoping I can do it this year. That's in Houston, Texas. So that's what I got going for me. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, like I said, my condolences to the families in China. And for maybe foreign runners uh, passed away too. We haven't even got a list of the runners that passed away except for the one top pro, actually two top pros from China. Uh, it's a really unfortunate situation and uh, tells you we got to be careful when we're going out there and make sure we take the protective gear 
suggested by race directors. I know we all complain about that sometimes. But when they say we might need something, most of the time we won't use it, but the time you don't take it, you might need it. I mean, even when I was running on Saturday, it was 80 degrees, but I still had my Solomon uh, coat in my backpack. So everyone take care. If you have any feedback, send me an email, runnerrwe at gmail.com or DM, DM me on Instagram, runnerrwe. Take care. Bye-bye.